Welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast. In this episode, joined by a fellow Michigan hunter, and we talk about his experiences in the realm of urban hunting. All right, hello and welcome back to the MI Hunting Podcast. So on this episode, we're going to dive into a subject that I have essentially no experience in. Uh, A listener had reached out to me and inquired on if I had done any episodes or had talked about urban hunting at all. And I answered back no, and then, you know, basically that I don't have any experience in that realm. And, you know, essentially asked him if he had any experience with it. And he said, yeah, uh, you know, basically he hunts down, down in, you know, he basically lives in Detroit and hunts the their late season down there. So I ended up asking him if he'd be willing to come on to the podcast. And, you know, Brandon said that he'd you know, do it. And then, you know, after talking to him a little bit more in depth, he actually does a lot of different things uh, with the outdoors. He has a, a property that he hunts up in the central part of Michigan. Uh, that's basically he hunts both the private parcel that he owns or that his family owns and that there's a big connection of public land right to it so he does hunt both private and public in the central part of the state and then he takes advantage of a late season in the detroit area where is ultimately a extended season for archery and that goal of that season is to cut down on a number of deer you know in that metropolitan area and the surrounding suburbs so we dive into a little bit about his experience hunting in central michigan and what he you know his approach to that and how he hunts it and then we dive into that urban portion of his hunting and you know how he approaches that what what it's like hunting in that type of environment and then also you know we dive into he's a very big fisherman as well so we dive into his experiences fishing down in that part of the state with lace lane claire right there so we talk about that and those experiences and then he actually helps me out quite a bit and gives me some pointers on a trial of doing some steelhead fishing so let's not hold up anymore and just dive right into the conversation i still got a lot to learn about this urban hunting and it's brand new so i just like like i said i'm i'm just trying to figure this out as much as uh like i even talk to the people that work in the park and they really like you have to report your deer too and they don't even know the reports and stuff okay yeah that was the other so, thing because you said the park so i was like is that just like a state park or it's uh this... i don't know what kind of it's like a county park oh like, you know okay. people right. can take their horses and it's right by like neighborhoods and stuff yeah i'm sure i'm sure it's, i'm sure it's tough with all i'm sure the people oh, yeah. come and go in there actually you know the people that are actually walking and they see me coming in they're actually all pretty cool okay they're like oh have you seen any deer and you know i haven't had any problems the only problems are is when people are walking through the woods just hiking and they will walk right into me yeah yeah <laughs> yeah walk within that you know yeah that range view just yep yeah and, <laughs> and you can't really uh you can only hunt inside the park so and I've been in the back of the park, and people still somehow get to me. <laughs> they still venture back there. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, huh, how'd you get back here? I'm like, way off the path. Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, man. But yeah. yeah, I want to dive into that and kind of group that all together. So let's go ahead and start 
let's talk about the the hunting in your on your property and and the mid Michigan okay. area because that's going to be more familiar probably to most people because it's yeah. probably going to be a lot more uh, rural type hunting that you're doing up there. So, um, and you were yeah. saying that it's you know basically right in the corner on the edge of Isabella County there. Yeah, uh, County Line Road on Isabella. Okay. And uh, it's right off the Wind Highway. Right. And we back up to like 5,000 acres of state land. Yeah. That's that's awesome, having that private parcel to be able to, you know, have your base camp and, oh, yeah. and you know, set yeah, up. Yeah, it's nice to, uh, this year I figured out, um, I just started using the Onyx too. And this year I just figured out there was private property and I guess the state right behind us uh bought some land so and they turned it into a state game area so that was pretty nice that's pretty cool did yeah were you able to find out like how long ago they did that or was it um it was within the year or two because uh we got the onyx map just to see you know the state line and i never really used it and i started using it more to pinpoint and use it for the wind and stuff and then i was just messing around on it and then uh we knew the people that owned it before that and then all of a sudden uh it just propped up as the state game area when i looked on the onyx yeah well that's yeah that's awesome that yeah you hear about times where they do like that you know land acquisition and stuff like that but you never it never really affects you or ever but that's pretty cool that you know it was right there right yeah. where we're at yeah and especially to uh i mean where that's at it's in isabella but most of the state land is in Mount Calm County, and that's that uh, restriction area. So, where you have to shoot four or more on one side. Right. So it does uh, limited. Even though I do know that other people in the state land, I hear them shooting at, and I've seen the deer that walk by me, and they're only a couple hundred yards from me. <laughs> so. Yeah. But uh, it's it's nice to bounce back from property to property up by our, our property it's like a big hill so it starts off uh woods and then it goes back into the back 40 there's about uh there's all swamp and then it turns into a river and then that crosses into the state land oh, okay so you got water sources there and everything yeah nice. so yeah. and are yeah, you and it, are you hunting uh archery season and firearm season up yeah. there yeah. uh we well i hunt pretty pretty hard uh I try to do some scouting in September, but uh, salmon season, and I'm usually in the river, so I'll get up there once or twice. And I've been uh, trying to get into doing the food plots and stuff. That's how I actually found you okay. a couple months ago when I was uh, at the gym. I was just looking up, you know, listening how, like, you know, other people's and just getting their perspectives on uh, food plots. And that's how I came across you. Okay. And uh, yeah, kind of. I'm starting to try to get into something and figure out what I need to do. I mean, on my own. Yeah. And we've had this property for 30 years, and my dad and my grandfather uh, definitely uh, they're a little more old school, and you know, they were you know used to the bait piles, and they grew up you know. And I'm trying to change it and trying to figure out different ways you know yeah now is it is it primarily like a wooded parcel or do you is it like yeah, was it used as like farmland at one time uh actually half of it that's the problem too half of it is sand 
Oh. And uh, there's a big, like, yeah, I know. It's like, you know, what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, half of it's like a big field behind our cabin. And uh, it's mostly uh, sand and, like, grass. Like, you can see it's starting to make progress and come back to life. But uh, as you fr- as you go down the chew track, it turns into more wooded areas. And we have some pine trees, too. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely our property is a run through property. Yeah. I mean, I run into that when a property I hunt over, you know, in Manistee County where I hunt, um, you know, it's an 80 acre property, but yeah, it used to be an old farm. I mean, the, the ground got pretty well, uh, farmed out and, you know, it's it's an 80 acre parcel and about 15 of it is actually, you know, like a cedar creek bottom and then everything else is all open field. So yeah, same thing. I've been trying to, you know, get ways to be able to get deer to, you know, be bedding on the property more. Or yeah. That type of thing. So, yeah, they, same thing. They, they travel the property. Now that I've established the food plots and whatnot, they, they spend more time on it, but, you know, they're still more or less bedding off the property and coming in. So. Oh, yeah. That's the same exact as our property. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So, so, uh, do you, primarily stick to your private pay center or are you exploring quite a bit on uh, state land i'll actually 50 50 uh i like i mean the state land is real good actually all our big bucks is usually came out of the swamp right and uh i mean i i love hunting uh fields and that's where i shot my first buck was uh when i was 13 you know, and I always just been so you know geared to a field because I, I shot my first buck on an opening day, the first day I hunted, mm-hmm. and I just been so you know got lucky. So yeah, and it's it's tough yeah. to get away from those field edges because yeah, you know you're in a spot where you get to see more deer typically. You know, you're seeing oh, yeah. them from a distance, so you're kind of in that spot where you're seeing deer, so you think it's a good spot. I mean, a lot, of, oh, yeah. like I'm even still trying to make that transition, even especially on the public land stuff that I'm hunting. It's like trying to get in that thicker stuff where you're probably not going to see all that far, but you're in where, you know, more deer are going to feel more comfortable traveling. So, yeah, that's, that's more in bow season. I've been learning that and that's how I'm starting to get away from that field because it's good. But I watched, uh, I don't know if you pay attention to that John Eberhardt. He talks a lot about uh, just cover and, you know, and making sure you got your pathways and stuff. Yep. And I'm trying to, and that's where most of your big bucks come from, you know, all that cover. They don't like to come out in the open. Yeah. Every once in a blue moon, you'll get them coming out in the farm field. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. 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 You're pretty much, you know, if they're in the rut when they're running around or, yeah, if they're, if you got a good food source or yeah but yeah half time you're dealing with those those bigger wiser bucks where they're they're not going to come out until that last couple minutes of light and oh yeah if not after I, that <laughs> yeah i know yeah. especially they know when it comes uh gun season <laughs> oh yeah yeah i was listening to uh um, some guys talking they were talking about elk hunting and whatnot they're doing a study about you know when the elk move and whatnot because of hunting pressure and it's like within a very short time frame of um like elk season then uh-huh. like a like a large percentage of the elk all like pile into all like public land or not public land uh private parcels and whatnot oh okay and then is this michigan 
um, no, this was out west that they did this study. But then they okay. were like, oh, and the day after season ends, they all pile back into all the public land spots. Huh. Like, they just feel that presence has lifted, and they just pile right back into where they feel comfortable again. Yeah, and those are bigger animals, and I feel like their glands and all that, and they can smell better, I feel like, too. Yeah. Just knowing that area. They know, like, when we were out there. Yep. Oh, yeah, you know? and it, yeah, it doesn't take them long to figure out that something, something's up, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Have you really been able to scout that public piece very much, um, or is it still you're still learning the, that public piece? Are you talking about the one down in the urban or up there? Up, uh, up in your mid Michigan spot there. Okay. Um. Yeah, I've scouted it. And like I said, I've hunted it for years. And my my dad, he used to work with this Indian, and uh, this Indian guy showed us some spots back in the day, and I, I feel like they're they were good hunters and stuff and uh i mean i've scouted it and found other areas but like the one spot on the river that we usually we get back to so everybody that comes in they always push us push the deer on top of us so we're just sitting waiting in the morning right and uh we're right in the back corner of the state land so once everybody starts coming in and piling in we just you know kind of like a drive almost yeah I imagine that, yeah, because you got that nice access and everyone else is coming in from the other direction. And, yeah. yeah. It's about a mile hike in from the other way, so. Oh. Are there a lot of people that are coming in there? Like, have a lot of people caught on that that's now accessible this land? This year was uh, actually a pretty bad. I mean, there was a lot of people back there. But last year, I didn't hardly see anybody last year. It was like, it's different year to year. Okay. I know we, uh, we put out some blinds this year and, uh, some of them got, you know, stolen, or and then some of our cameras got stolen that we put on the state land. I know I don't like doing it, but you know you got to sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, that's that's part of the reason why, like, especially with like on the public land stuff, I, like I really like the idea of doing like a mobile setup where I, you know, bring everything in with me and tear it all down and take it with me when I leave because I don't have to worry about anyone messing with any of my stuff. And yeah, then, you hunt with um, a saddle, correct? Yeah, last year was my first year with it, and I mean, I I mean I I fell in love with it, so I mean it just yeah. worked for me. But but yeah, it, it's really I'm, nice, and I like the idea too of you know once I tear down, like people aren't if someone does scout it later, like they don't see my equipment there, and you know. Yeah, it figured. is nice. And all you got the sticks, and then you can wear your saddle in. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I got a couple. I bought the extra pouches with it, so everything's right on my pouches. I got a little, little tiny backpack that I clip my uh, platform to, and okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice. Yeah, it's nice. Um, I hunt with a lone wolf assault. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty mobile. I mean, I like it, but I'm a big guy. I'm 250 pounds. When I started hunting, actually, the urban more. I uh, that's when I bought it. Because yeah. I thought I'd bounce around just trying to figure out the area more. Sure. And yeah. then, uh, but yeah, I definitely want to make the switch. I, and just sitting in the tree stand makes my uh, knees like hurt. And it's it's a it's a nice tree stand, but it's just you know sitting down compared to where you can like you know adjust yourself when you're on a platform and stuff with you know hanging from a tree. Yeah. So definitely, uh, I really want to change it up. Yeah, I bought it last year, and then right when I found out about the saddles, you know, when they came popular. Yeah. 
it always works like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're nice, too. I mean, I like them because, yeah, it's a lot easier for me to, you know, get set up and whatnot because, I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's just one less, one less thing you have to really carry in with you. Um, yeah. It is a bit of a learning curve because, I mean, with you facing the tree and everything like that and getting those angles and... Um, yeah. But, I mean, I think after one season, I feel pretty comfortable with it. I am probably going to get a little bit different sticks, at least in that regard, because the sticks I got were too long, and they were a mm. bit bulky for me to handle and stuff like that. But Yeah, my sticks for the lone wolf, they're nice, but the only thing I don't like about them is when it gets real cold out, hunting in that January, ooh, your fingers start to feel it. Yeah. When you're taking them down off the tree at night. Yeah. Do you, do you have any, like, uh, like any like wrap or anything like that on your sticks to quiet them down or to... uh, no I, I i didn't put any wrap on it every time i forget i was gonna actually look into buying some kind of wrap and mm. it makes it quieter too yeah depending well especially depending on what brand of uh sticks you have like the stealth outdoors those stealth strips they pretty much have like okay. depending on which ones you have like they have pre-cut like kits for you um, okay, I end up buying a, a set out. of that, and yeah, I mean, you just take like your hardware off, put the wrap on, uh-huh. like screw your hardware back down to it, and then you're good to go. I think it took oh. me like a half hour to do all four sticks. Yeah, and it—I mean, that stuff's solid too. I mean, even with uh, you know tearing the sticks down or you know up and down, you know all season long, you know that stuff oh, is yeah. peeling oh. off. It's been in the rain, so it's it's pretty solid stuff. I'll check that out. Yeah. Yep. And it, I mean, it's not, it's not very expensive either. Um, I actually bought the kit and then I also bought a roll of it. Um, I don't remember how much I paid, but it, it, it like duct tape. it's uh, kind of, it's almost like a, it's like a double sided tape that just has like a fabric, um, backing on one side. So it's kind of, okay. it's almost kind of, it's kind of thick, almost like, almost like a, like a foam tape type deal. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I I was really happy with it. Okay, yeah, definitely, I'll check that out because hunting late into January, your uh, hands and fingers do feel it, especially yeah. climbing up and down those sticks. Yeah, yep, yeah, check those stuff out because yeah, I mean it insulates them pretty well too. So, like, because I usually hunt, I'm not wearing gloves usually, um, even in the late season unless it's really cold. So even that okay. that tear down and whatnot, it's not too bad. You don't wear gloves. Do you wear a mask and all that? Um, I'll get. I've got like a like a brown gaiter that I'll wear if it's if it's pretty windy, just to kind of help protect my face a little bit. Usually, I just have okay. like a little hand muff with a couple hand warmers in there, and as long as that muff stays dry, my hands stay warm. So, okay. Now, uh, do you play the wind more, or do you, uh, or do you more on scent control? Um, I actually, I'm actually doing both really. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll pretty much not hunt a spot if it's got bad wind. Like if, if whatever direction I think the deer are coming from, if the wind's, you know, heading in that direction, I just pick a different, completely different spot. Um, I will, I've started, you know, kind of hunting that, you know, that off wind or with like the angling wind where it's kind of in the deer's favor. But yeah, I do. You know, I've got a pretty, pretty, well, I wouldn't say a strict, you know, scent elimination routine, but like I'll do the shower, 
Um, yeah. And then the one big thing that I found out was really helpful for me um, was like I had this like my tote with all my hunting clothes in it, and I would run like an ozone little portable ozone generator. I toss yeah, in that tote, ones. run it through there, and that seemed to really help. You know, I haven't had a ton of yeah, experience. I, think, I remember you talking about that, and you taking your truck or or something thirty minutes before. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Usually, yeah. As I'm getting packed up, I'll throw in the tote, run it, and then by the yeah. time I get to my where I park my truck, it's ran for twenty thirty minutes, and I turn it off, throw my clothes on, and then a lot of times, like I will spray down like my lower half with like some scent limiting spray, just to make sure that okay. there's nothing on my boots or anything like that. Just you know, as I'm transitioning from the truck to outside and stuff like that oh that sounds pretty good you uh use any of the ozone like the ones that go in the stands i was curious i, I mean i haven't heard that much about it any of those yeah the one i've got is like i've put it in like my hunting blind but i've ran it a couple times in you know just up in the tree and yeah. i think the like the model of one i've got is a little loud i mean oh yeah like, the generator like or, i mean not the fan yeah like I've tested it like where I've stood like you know 15 20 feet from it and you can't really hear it but like when you're up and it's within a couple feet of you like it Mm -hmm. to me it seemed like it was really loud like and I would it would like run for like you know 10 you know 5 10 minutes or something like that and it shuts off on its own and it you know waits a little bit then it'll it'll fire back up and like it is I mean it is very noticeable as soon as that thing shuts off I'm like wow I can hear everything around me again not just this fan blowing at you know blowing so yeah. i'm probably going to look into a different type of device see if i can find one that's you know quieter um and try that one but i think uh i definitely change it up i don't know if you're familiar with like scent lock and stuff yeah they're uh they're carbon alloy yep so so yeah. uh i was listening to that job in your heart he sent me his scent uh regimen it's actually pretty good and he talks about wearing gloves and masks and you know making sure you're you're shaved and like you're clean cut and he says most of your uh odor comes from your hands and your face oh that's why i was talking about your gloves okay yeah yeah i mean i could send you that regimen if you want it after too yeah that'd be cool to take a look at it yeah uh, yeah it's uh it's pretty uh it's what he does is a lot like i didn't like think he takes this much but he takes it to a different level yeah and you know i had heard that he's pretty um pretty thorough with it um and i think that's yeah. kind of why like him and uh it was a dan infall like there's kind of like that like thing between them because like dan dan infall like dan he's, plays he's, the wind yeah and, he just uh, plays the wind and doesn't care about his scent control or yeah. like that so yeah I, I saw them when they were doing I think something with like the hunting public when they you know met and stuff like that and they were kind of talking about yeah. it and yeah it was it, it was an interesting uh, interaction between the two of them yeah he he doesn't like uh, take it out anywhere you know he once he gets it he puts it right in the box and then uh, he talks about you know you don't have to buy those like big you know name brands you can just buy the non scented uh, washing detergents. And he says uh, you don't wash the carbon fiber. You're supposed to reheat them too, yep. so it like it strengthens uh, the carbon fiber in it yeah. and makes it. So I just bought my uh, my first suit this year, and yeah. uh, kind of excited to next year to try it out. You know, yeah. see if it's really, you know, 
Did you end up getting something from Scentlock then? Yeah, I got. Um, a, they actually do a sale right after season. It was like sixty percent off, and uh, for I got like a, one of those tight ones, like and then like I don't know, like like you know that sportswear kind of like shirts. Okay, uh, like, I forget. And uh, uh, I got a bottom and top, and I got a jacket and pants for two hundred and fifty bucks. So it wasn't bad. Nice, yeah, that's pretty good. And it was all carbon out, carbon alloy. Yeah. So. And then uh, maybe closer to season, I want to get a. I was start to look at a, a saddle. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes close, I mean, I probably should get it more in the middle of the summer so I can get used to it. How'd you? Uh, just curious. How did you get used to shooting out of it? Did you go just go in your tree stand, or did you play with it for a while? Yeah. Yeah. I actually went out behind my house and uh, set my target up. I think I set up like somewhere like twenty five, thirty yards out and okay climbed up and i basically did like my whole routine like I, as if i was gonna hunt you know pulling the bow yeah. up with because i got like a retractable you know bow rope that's attached to the saddle too so i pulled the bow yeah. up hooked it up and honestly at least for me um i'm sure like when you, if you get into like some more awkward angles um especially if you're trying to shoot like offhand or something like that whereas it gets a lot mm-hmm. trickier which i haven't done a lot of practice with but it was actually yeah. quite easy to the shoot especially if you're shooting toward, you know on your on the correct side uh-huh. um because yeah i mean basically like you're you're putting all the weight you're in your, right yeah so you're putting all your weight yeah, in the hips works. and then you you have all the control in the world on the upper part of your body so as long as you feel you know secure and supported that way it's really easy to i mean I, the few shots okay. i had i had no issue with you know you know staying on target and not have my you know pin floating too much but yeah, yeah i don't know definitely yeah i'm sure those i'm sure there's more awkward angles are tougher which i'm gonna you know practice on more but yeah especially on that on your dominant side i mean it was a piece of cake most of your shots what 20 yards um 20, i mean i honestly it's been a while since i've I got my last buck a couple of years back with a bow, and that was, yeah, 18, 20 yards. Um, okay. That's, yeah. Usually, I think a good number of them have been, like, somewhere around, like, the 30-yard range. You know, okay. usually that's my, that's kind of, like, my wheelhouse where I like to be, you know, 30 yards, 35-ish. But 30 to 25 yeah. is really nice where I like to be. Yeah, where you're, you don't feel, yeah, that's about where I'm at, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I had a nice buck last year, and he was like 48, but he was like wide open. I was like, I thought about doing it, but I was like, now, you know, when it comes to th- game time, I just don't feel comfortable taking that shot that distance. I know how I feel. So, last year, that happened to me too. Well, I did shoot though. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the buck that I shot last year, actually, in both season, I seen him. And uh, I shot, and then uh, he jumped, and right as he jumped, I, met, I shot him right in the ear. You can actually see on the mount, I got him in the ear. Oh, really? Dang. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, oh. But uh came around gun, I got him at least. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's pretty funny, you know, you can see his ear. The taxidermy is like, huh, someone must have shot him in the ear with a bow. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that <laughs> that's me. definitely what it was. <laughs> that's well, that's awesome that yeah. you're able to get another shot at him, then, man, and got him. Oh yeah. Well, 
I was like a mile away from where I shot him with the bow. Oh, really? I was on uh, when I shot him. I was by the field, like in this thicket, and he came through this run that I was uh, playing, and then uh, he came straight at me, and like right when he came straight at me, he angled right when I shot, and that's when uh, I got him in the ear. And then uh, in rifle season, I seen him down in the swamp, and then uh, luckily I got on him. Yeah. Did, then, did you recognize him right one. away then? I didn't recognize him right away, but uh, after I seen him, like, not like I didn't, when when uh, the situation was happening, when the deer was coming, I didn't recognize him, but when I got up to him, I recognized him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we do trail cameras and all that, but I don't really name my bucks, you know. Yeah. If it's a nice shooter and at least two and a half and up, I usually. Right. I know. I always just, uh, the biggest buck down at the farm I hunt, I always just name, like, whatever the biggest buck is, I just name it Ghost, because I'm like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll get pictures of it, but I'll never see this buck. Like, so, yeah, then, I see him at night in, on the cameras about 100 times. and Yep. So, yeah, so usually it's just like, oh, there's Ghost, and it's like, that's a completely different deal. Like, yeah, but he's he's the new Ghost. <laughs> like, yeah. I actually, uh, I was, I don't know, it was about a four and a half year old deer this year that we were chasing and uh my buddy i changed uh i was hunting in the morning and it's uh right on the corner of the field and uh i decided because i seen deer i wanted to change just real quick on the other side go to like about 600 yards across the field and i told my buddy to hunt one blind and uh, of course uh right as i changed this year uh, my buddy was hunting that blind like from, like 50 yards from where I was hunting in the morning. He sees uh, like a four and a half year old deer come right in like 10 yards where I was hunting that morning. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was playing a lot of that game, bouncing around for no reason. Uh, yeah. And I just sometimes stick it out, you know. Yeah. That's how my season went this it, year for that, up there. That's how mine went this year too. I mean, I had a nice buck and I mean... Like I went to the next spot where he where I saw him the first time, and then the next day he, he's right where my tree was the first time. I was like, oh. <laughs> it's like really, yeah, you know? oh yeah, yeah. And he came from like different directions. Like, what is this? Like, I couldn't figure that deer out for for anything. But yeah, yeah, is definitely. <laughs> but um, I mean, if you want to talk about uh, urban. Yeah, yeah, let's jump into that because, yeah, that's definitely, I mean, like you're, we were already talking, you know, the stop, your spot up in uh, mid-Michigan there sounds pretty straightforward yeah. of, you know, how most of uh, oh, rural hunting is. And, yep. Yeah, there's definitely big bucks down here, too, and you and they're hard to chase, too. Yeah. So, yeah, so let's get into that. So you, so you already kind of established that it's down in the... What, Oakland, Macomb, and Wayne County, correct? Yep. Uh, right. Metro Detroit. Yeah, so, so yeah. I know, counties. I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, I mean, those, if someone pointed to those counties on the map for me, I'd be like, yeah, that's Detroit. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, th- th- I would definitely say that, you know, hunting down there would definitely, you know, qualify as uh, urban hunting. So, <laughs> so let's dive into oh, what made you, you know, decide that you wanted to try hunting. I mean, was it just because it's closer to you or? So, three years ago um yeah it was closer to me and it's an extra month they came out with this new season and uh 
I just kind of wanted to try something different. And usually I was at work and I could only make it up to the cabin on the weekends and I had really no other time to go to different areas. But but uh, by this season, you know, opening up and closer to home lets us uh, definitely dive in and figure out more areas and keep the passion alive. Yeah, right? Yeah, give yourself some more opportunities for sure, yeah. And then you were saying that you're hunting a lot of uh, parks and... I mean, so are they like, are they like parks where like people go out and camp and stuff like that? Or is it more like, does like hiking parks and. Um, they're, they're more hiking parks and some of the camps are next to, uh, golf, uh, ranges and, and like Thrisby parks and stuff like that. Sure. And, uh, but mostly, uh, the parks that you can hunt in the areas is, uh, hiking mostly. Okay. Now to hunt in those parks, are you? Do you need to um, like submit like any type of application, or is it you can just walk um, in? No, you don't have to submit any application. But there is a, uh, I think some of the parks do offer. Addison Oaks is the one where they allow uh, gun season for. I think it's November fifteenth. So the first two days you have to put an application in. Okay. And uh, but pretty much no, you don't. You just need a deer, a regular deer license, and a base license and you know you can do the same hunting as you do up north yeah and it's all archery only correct correct except those uh those select parks and you can go on the uh oakland county or macomb county and like the parks there'll be a park page to figure out which parks that you are allowed to hunt and it has zones and you and it has like a map of the zones that you can hunt and you can't hunt okay and uh some parks do make you hunt within like close to the trails and some parks you know they let you go wherever okay. but and there's other parks that have close to factories and you have to stay 100 yards away from the factories oh gotcha and, stuff and homes Jeez. yeah so there's how, one in the oh sorry how big are the parks then usually are the, i mean do they vary quite a bit in size or um some of them they they're uh maybe like two three hundred uh, acres and then some of them are six seven hundred acres okay and so they're, uh, they're a good size then yeah definitely you you could get lost if i mean if you really don't know how to uh trails or hike but uh there are some big parks back there and there's big swamps in them and some of them lead up to uh cornfields and all that okay yeah. Now, are there quite a few people that are, uh, you know, utilizing these parks? I mean, is there a lot of hunting pressure? I have a weird work schedule, so usually I go, I don't go, I haven't hunted on the weekend, but okay. uh, I'll go during the week. And sometimes I'll see two or three cars, and some days, you know, I won't see any. And mostly my hunting, I don't, you can hunt both season and all, all the way through November, but I, I, I don't start hunting those uh, parks until like I get until January when everything shuts down up north. Okay. Oh. And uh, but mostly I haven't really. I ran into a couple people where they they walk into you hikers. I had uh, I think the first time I hunted the parks this year, I had another hunter come on me, and then uh, as he was hunting. He was trying to find a spot. He uh, pushed up a couple of does, and then 
I was lucky enough he came back because he lost his wallet in the field. So. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he, he that ruined that night. Yeah. Now, but uh, how hard is it to you know try to pick a spot where you, where you're not going to have you know hikers or people just wandering around? I mean, you can get into the back of the park, but I'm not saying you you won't you still won't run into other hunters or hikers because the hikers do uh, like to hike and they will go to every inch of the park <laughs> and I've seen them in the back. Have you ever tried uh, you know kind of anticipating like where hikers might come from and you know see if they can try to push uh, deer to you or sometime sometime I there's a field in one of them I hunt and uh, yeah I can see the parking lot and it's like a big trail and sometimes like I if there's a person or I mean if there's a deer standing there, like on the other side i can see usually sometimes the people will push the deer right on top of me and that's actually how i got pretty close this year i almost pulled the trigger on one but wasn't fast enough yeah i had uh there was somebody coming down the trail and there was three does that came up decent sized does you know two year lean two year olds and uh they came from the other field and I seen them and the person spooked them right towards me and they ran right at me. Mm-hmm. They ran right to my tree stand and then they uh, made a quick left and ran 15 yards and stopped and pulled back and they were gone. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that would have been, that been interesting for those people hiking too. Because did oh, they yeah. see the deer when they spooked them or do you think they, don't, they didn't oh. realize that they had done that? Actually, I don't think they actually seen them. Okay. I don't. When I went there, not a lot of people were animal watching. They mostly just exercise, horses, oh, okay. and yeah, I, I didn't really see anybody that was like paying attention to animals. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, I guess I guess one thing we, you know, kind of didn't really dive into too much is that the reason for this later season is because they're trying to control the deer numbers. Um, Correct. Um, and. Uh, everybody thinks i've talked to other hunters and i told them that you're allowed to shoot a buck even though if it has antlers or not um you can uh if you have buck tags and then if the antlers fall off then you can claim them like a button buck you can claim them as a doe okay so and they're trying to control the population down here macomb oak and wayne have like the highest numbers of car crashes you know and then the animals destroy uh destroy homes flowers and stuff yeah and people don't realize if you don't take control of these animals they will be a bigger problem than than them being harvested yeah so so yeah since, since we're kind of diving into that i mean you know what is the public perception of you know people hunting or them trying to eliminate deer are there people that kind of get up in arms about it or are they kind of indifferent or? so uh most of the people that I've ran into actually been friendly about it. I haven't ran into anybody negative, and uh, everybody's pretty on board, you know, with the idea. They like it as long as you know, you know, you're not shooting their dogs when they're walking by. Right. But, uh, yeah, they. Everybody that I've ran into is pretty friendly. Well, that's good, man. Because yeah, so. I, I'd imagine like I would have thought. You know, I would have been pretty cautious if I would come down there and do that. That, you know, you're going to get yelled at yeah, or harassed by people. Or, yeah, right. I'd be. Yeah. No, everybody's been pretty cool. But the only 
problems that we've had, like my buddy, like I said, I was telling you earlier that uh, they had problems when they were uh, leasing land in Oakland County and just button up to them, the neighbors, you know, shooting deer. And then that was the only real problem with the guns and around their horses. But everywhere else has actually been pretty well. I've, I mean, I've went through a couple of people and they're, I mean, they respectively, uh, declined me, but, and I was thinking about pretty soon starting to get on the horse and going around knocking on doors. Yeah. I was just going to, I was just about to ask you is if you've, you have know, acquired permission, you know, from someone. But... I've, I've talked to a couple of people just like around the parks and, you know, like anybody that I ran into and asked them if they had landed. But uh, I haven't went really dove into it yet. But so you I definitely, when I'm uh, even, I don't know if you know the Rochester area, like right right outside of Rochester, I do definitely see a lot of hunting. Like there's a lot of fields, and I always see like blinds when I'm driving towards my spot more outside the city. Yeah, yeah, you see it's, all the. It's just crazy. Yeah, you see all the, yeah the, you know the permanent blinds out there on every field edge and. Yep. Yeah, and then, then you're literally five minutes, and you'll be down in downtown Rochester. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So you haven't had a chance to be able to hunt then, you know, down in that area, you know, during the rut or or in the early no, season. No, I, I haven't huh? hunted the rut. No, I I I already see the tree blinds, and uh, I kind of looking. I'm looking for deer that are more yarded up or something just to fill a tag. But gotcha. definitely, you know, there are a lot of tree stands and they're just everywhere. And I can only imagine what it's like during season. Okay. So, yeah, just waiting for that late season when most of the people have hung it up, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much everybody's like, it's. it was a windy uh, January this year. And it definitely some of those days. And the first night I seen uh, when I went out was like the worst. It was just like I feel the tree bending in half. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's different hunting in January. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've I've hunted all the way up to, you know, January 1st for the last day for up here. and Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And I closed the season out this year. I hunted January 31st, so that was the latest I ever hunted. Yeah. For whitetail. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that wasn't a bad night but it was just so dead and it was like you know when it gets real cold out and you just feel it and your your uh gives you a little headache yeah oh yeah you get to that point where where it's like you're starting to get in that prime spot and you're starting to get a little chilled and then like as it continues to get better and better you just get colder and colder and you're just like okay i'm waiting for dark i'm getting cold start putting the socks over the boots and stuff (laughs) right oh yeah yeah i had uh I had it one time where uh, it was a couple of years back, or actually it's probably four years back now. Like it was opening day and it was so cold, and it was like the last like thirty minutes. I'm like, I gotta turn my heater on, and like it's got like the little like the <laughs> push button click. igniter. I just doing click, click, and all of a sudden I hear footsteps behind me. I'm like, oh no! <laughs> and sure enough, <laughs> like within a you know a minute or so later, here's this little probably like a two-year-old buck comes up behind me looked right at me and just took off like uh oh, but but fortunately that one. yeah but fortunately though there was a little fawn that this thing was so dumb it was eating off of the <laughs> the bush that was like next to my blind like i could see the bush moving around 
Yeah. And then it goes out there, and then the buck I end up shooting basically was following out that fawn, but it, he came in oh. like the last couple minutes. But yeah, that 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 it probably wouldn't have happened if that fawn hadn't been out there because he was beeline yeah. right for it. But but yeah, it's yeah that late season, it's and definitely. I did one this year where. Uh, I got a, the dough during muzzleloader season, and that was brutal cold yeah, I too. Yeah, your, uh, your uh, podcast about it. Yeah, last second or something. Yep. So, have you been able to harvest one then out of the park? Then? Uh no. Not like yet. Like I said, this is. I mean, bow hunting. This this year, I came pretty close to harvesting one, and then even when I hunted the first night, I've only seen one buck the whole time I was there. Gotcha. That was the first night I did, and uh, like you said, we were talking about how cold it was. Yeah. I just started taking everything down, and I look in the field, I'm like, there's something staring at me. I thought it was a tree, and then, uh, because, you know, his horns, his branches, and it, it was a nice buck just staring right at me, and that was actually the only buck i seen all year in, gotcha. uh, in that park. Yeah. Are, you, then, running any, uh, are I, you running any cameras in the parks, too, or no? Uh no, uh, I left my cameras up north this year, and I forgot to bring them down. Yeah, and that the ones I got down here need to be worked on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't. It's crazy they, how some of these cameras they don't last. They don't. Nope. Yeah, you're lucky if you get you know three to five years out of them. Sometimes if they're the really cheap ones, you yeah. you might get a season or two out of them. Yeah, before they get filled with moisture. And, I got a, a browning that's actually pretty good. You know, it has a digital screen on it. Oh yeah, check them out. And I got a couple of those. Those are actually not bad, but the cutty backs, those are not that good. Yeah, yeah. I've heard a couple of people love them, but most of the time they're like, eh, no. You know. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I'm kind of curious. They're running some cameras in there, maybe next year. Yeah, so we'll see about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. That you're trying to expand and get some more opportunity oh, yeah. for yourself. So. Yeah, it's always trying to put some meat in the freezer too. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I mean, is there anything else that we haven't covered that you think we could talk about the lake if you want, or oh, we don't have to talk? That's a great point. <laughs> I can believe we had about talking about that. So yeah. So uh, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. We got you know Grand Traverse Bay up here and pretty yeah. good uh, fishing on the big lake, but you've got you've got Lake Slink Killer right there which oh yeah i mean everyone knows that that's phenomenal fishing so i mean what, oh, yeah. are, what are you mainly targeting um i mostly uh in the winter it's perch crappie and bluegill and then uh in the summer i'm more of a bass smallmouth oh can't get enough of them yeah especially right about now i'm about to bring out the boat and prepare for springtime they'll start moving in and spawning in, in the next month or so yeah. oh yeah and those those bass those smallmouth just love to pull oh yeah i can never get enough of them yeah so and we uh we mostly uh for we fish for them we use jerk baits tubes cranks big swim baits and stuff the usual drop shotting they'll start moving in like towards more towards the shore and then uh throughout the summer they'll make it out to the uh 15 16 feet of water and you can catch walleye right out there in the middle of the summer too okay i was gonna ask because yeah because so, I, I know for a lot, a lot of lakes i've fished you know trying to especially going after smallmouth you know i'm usually pretty yeah. good about finding them you know early in the season when they're up in the shallows but as they move deeper 
I just I just struggle with it. So. Oh yeah, they they uh they get in those weed beds and stuff, and uh, even like when we go out ice fishing, we try to find the weed beds for. Uh, we go out about a couple miles on Lake St. Clair this year. They had a good freeze, and if you can find the weed beds, you can get on the walleye, and you can get on the smallmouth. Definitely uh, some big walleye, and and uh, even my buddies, they're already taking their boats out on the, the St. Clair River. They're out jigging for them. So um, yeah. They were out jigging last week. It's <laughs> really? Know, dodging icebergs. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's a fiberglass boat, so I don't. I gotta wait till all the ice is gone. Uh, it, yeah, yeah. It's funny though. I mean, are you? Do you like to do much walleye fishing too, or is it usually just the bass? Um, and... I am. I I grew up like my uncle. I always. I used to be in a club, and I do all the tournaments and stuff. And uh, I just big smallmouth, and mostly my winter is uh, when I fill the freezer. I like fishing. I've fished on the Detroit River for the walleye. And you can limit out in like 15 minutes in walleye. I mean, not all big, but you could definitely the the schools and the rivers and uh, the North and the Detroit River are just so so populated. The last couple of years, it's just so much walleye has been pouring into our uh, our lake from Lake Erie yeah. and coming from uh, up in the bay in Saginaw. Now, wasn't it Lake Sinclair that they were talking about last year got really clear? What's that? Was it was it Lake St. Clair that ended up getting up getting like really clear, like got really clear water? Was that last clear. year? Yeah, like where? Because is Lake St. Clair usually you know, pretty murky, or is it pretty like clear yeah, water? It's like an aqua blue. Okay. If you ever seen it? It's actually you know if a lake is really clear, there that algae eats all the uh, minerals out of it, and that's actually really bad. Okay. For a lake to be really clear. All right, I'm trying to remember now. It must not have been the lake then. I wonder if it was like Saginaw Bay or lake something like that. Lake St. Clair gets. We've had a, we've had our fair share of like sewage dumping raw sewage. There's like a, a few places that were dumping raw sewage in Lake St. Clair that they actually had to stop and stuff. Oh jeez. So that's how. <laughs> yeah, but you know, a lot of people always get this bad stigma about uh, eating fish in the Lake St. Clair, but. As long as you cut cut out their belly, you know their belly meat. That's the one that has most mercury in them, and the the lake flows so much that the water keeps on flowing. And like, but like certain areas, like Metro Beach, it'll get like stagnant water, and that's why the water is so bad. And that's that's where you get all that E. coli and stuff from. Oh, gotcha. So yeah, I mean, it sounds quite similar to Grand Traverse Bay here. You get parts of the yeah. bay where yeah, they're just nasty. Yeah, I was gonna fish Grand Travers last year, kind of, but oh, last yeah? time we, oh, I had the boat up, we went up to uh, Torch Lake and then we fished Skigmog too. Oh yeah, Skigmog has a lot of smallmouth in it. Yeah, yep. Yeah, there's and some then, there's uh, some big smallmouth in the bay too. Yeah, we were gonna go out to the bay, but uh, it was like six foot waves. I'm like, nope. Yeah, <laughs> it gets yeah. pretty bad. We were in there in July. It was like end of july and i was like oh no we're not going here yeah it was really bad that day i always i never fished the bay but i know they do i mean they get i hear they get bigger smallmouth like six seven pounders out there so that's what i kind of want to get after yeah i end up um, when i was really big in the bass fishing when i was a teenager my dad um i forget the guy's name but yeah he was he was a professional bass fisherman at the time and he lived up there and he's 
my dad was talking to him and he he ended up basically kind of doing like a charter trip for us and oh, that's cool. we basically just went from like one one big rock cropping to another and like i mean this guy it wasn't kevin van dam was it no no i don't <laughs> think it was yeah pretty big name in yep. michigan but yeah no i don't think it was because yeah. i think we met him i met this guy at like a one of the fishing sh- or one of the outdoor shows or something like that but but this guy i mean yeah. he's still new like he's like all right now on the other side of this rock you just toss it there about three feet past the yeah. rock let it drift down like there's a fish there like all right yeah. did exactly what he said and bam like every time he's like i'm just like how's this guy? crazy yeah. how far uh electronics came to yeah i bought uh i don't know if you heard of like live scope i have or yeah I yeah i got live scope on my boat and you could just cast it out and watch your bait and just like play a video game yeah and you could just see the fish swim up to it it's crazy how far when i first started fishing i mean there, there was grass but now the technology and like i feel like the younger generation if you know how to operate the technology you'll be such a good fisherman yeah that's i've heard like a lot of people talk about that like it's really shortening that learning curve um mm-hmm. it's like like I, I looked into it quite a bit for like the ice fishing side um, and mm-hmm. they're like yeah like it's helping all these people like instead of having to go around drill all these holes try to find fish like mm-hmm. you just put do a couple holes put you know put your graph down you can see what's going on and then you can you know jump a whole nother area much quicker and drill so many less holes so. yeah. yeah you can scan I, I thought about taking mine on the ice. It's it's just too expensive of a machine to take on the ice. The black box, and then you got to have uh, the screen, and then the sensor. It's just too much, and especially <laughs> if you drop it on the ice, that's a no no. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, like, I, I mean, I guess you don't have to say, but how much did your rig cost for the live scope then? <laughs> uh, like three thousand something like that oh my goodness well i mean yeah yep, fishing is not cheap yeah i could tell you so many <laughs> stories about the boat oh i'm sure yeah. rods are expensive you know <laughs> but you know at the end of the day i love to fish and i i if i'm not hunting i'm probably like fishing on this lake at least two three times a, a week yeah so that's awesome yeah, yeah i know i, I see sent you that uh photo yeah mean, right of those perch. yeah those are some nice perch yeah oh we yeah we catch them over uh on uh the harson's island at the moot i don't know if you've heard of harson's island before no it's like uh the north side of lang st Clair, and uh right now all the perch are coming up there and spawning so okay. and they're all big and just freezer fuller freezer fillers and uh Oh yeah, my biggest perch this year was 14 inches, so that was my record for the year. So I'm nice. pretty happy with that. Yeah, heck yeah. Oh yeah, it was a fight too, for almost like a uh, bass fighting under the ice. Oh, really? I bet yeah, with that much weight, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it weighed uh, I think a pound and like six ounces or something like that. Jeez. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we do definitely. Uh, but most of our ice season this year was not good. It was just up until the last three weeks. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I don't know. know. You I, guys got ice still, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've well, my stuff's all still in the back of the truck, but I'm, I'm done because 
I don't know. <laughs> Especially because my kids always want to keep going too. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to be out there and risk the potential <laughs> bad ice or something like that. So I'm just like, yeah, we're done. But, oh, yeah. We were uh, we were wearing waders to get out there yesterday. We went out the last time it was yesterday. And uh, the ice was breaking. It was 70 degrees down here. <laughs> we were like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. But where we're fishing at, it's so shallow. The, the perch come up and... Uh, it's only like two or three feet if you fall through but it's a hike it's about a mile and a half hike to get out there yeah so yeah that'd be a long but uh, the love of the game yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i'm actually uh i just just uh today i bought a uh a rod to try to do some steelhead fishing so okay i'm gonna try doing some well, of that river fishing and never really done it my dad's always talked about it what's that what kind of rod um it's I I forget the name of it honestly because it's a kind of is um, it a ten foot eight foot? Uh, it's a nine foot four. Okay, um, yeah, that's perfect. I don't know. Like again, yeah. I don't know enough about it. So like my dad talked to me like, yeah, you probably get something like this, and like okay, steelhead fishing is fun. We yeah. usually uh we go up to the Betsy. I don't know. That's kind of by you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that's. Oh, I love one. that river that one the manistee um yeah big manistee i, I yep. fished the betsy once this year for salmon and then we fished the tippy a few times tippy is always a fun time during salmon but it has hundreds of people out there yeah <laughs> screaming oh, yeah. at each other yeah and there's a couple like uh, smaller creeks that um i know of that i'm gonna try fishing those because i know they're not gonna be as busy and at yeah, least if I good. make a fool of myself, it'll only be in front of myself, so. Yeah. You, you could, do you beat fish, or do you spawn? Um, honestly, I've been researching and looking at all the different types of rigs and whatnot. I honestly haven't decided, you know, okay. what, how I want to approach it yet. Um, I'll probably yeah. do some, I'll probably do bead. I know my dad, he used to do spawn, so I'll probably try both and see which one I'm, I do better with. I usually, uh, like when I go to the Betsy, I like using that fireball orange bead. It's the bomb. Orange is the bomb on the Betsy. Okay. I used to, uh, I was big into it for a while. I got a center pin and all that. And so, and center pins are fun, especially when you hook one of the knuckle buster, they call them. Oh, yeah. I don't know. If, are you familiar with the center pin? No, I was just going to ask. Um, a center pin is, uh, is a real that has uh, uh it's a it doesn't have no uh, drag on it and it just free flows like the the uh the line keeps coming out you can control it with your hands okay. and that's why when a fish hooks up to it it like it'll burn your hand or knuckle buster they call them okay and then but it's good to keep your line off the water from your bobber to the your uh rod tip yeah so you can control how much comes out yeah, I was watching guys because yeah, I'm probably gonna go with like a like a spinning rod set or a oh, spinning, yeah, spinning reel. If you're, you know, a newer, it's definitely a spinner. Spinning rod is the best rod. Center pins are just like you know, if you got really into it. Yeah. And I got into it, and then it just it's another hobby that costs too much. Oh, I know. Especially I was, running up north. When I was looking at some of the rods, I'm like, like the first one, I'm like, oh, this one looks like this. All right, like this is their like first one I found. I'm like uh yeah yeah nope i need i need to find something down the list here <laughs> like 
Yeah, I mean, it's... I usually stick to uh, St. Croix. St. Croix are my favorite, and they got a good uh, rod warranty. You break one, you, you get one. Well, in five years, you get a free one or pay 50 bucks for life if you ever break it. So Nice. They definitely have the good rod warranties. Nice. Yeah, I don't yeah, like I said, this is this will be my first year of really ever doing it, so I've been doing as much research as I can to try to figure <laughs> out cuz I mean, yeah, you, you do like one Google search or something like that and you're like, "Holy crap, there's way more to this than I thought." Like Yeah. Like does it like you said, definitely it, uh they fish differently. I know that on the West Coast than uh they we fish over here. Okay. I don't know. I mean, they use a lot of spawn like big spawn and then like uh they like in oregon i know they just they're i mean it's just a little different when they use those uh i know some some of the guys in canada like on the west side uh they'll use these jigs and like hair jigs and they they bounce up and down for the river in them okay Kinda like a uh, walleye for jigging oh, all right yeah. yeah there's a lot of different stuff but Usually I just stick to beads and uh, spawn, and it, it does good. Yeah. So there's so many setups, too, you can run. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing I was, like, running into. I'm like, like, like I, I figured it was going to be a little bit more straightforward. Like, yeah. like when my dad told me that like, he just had his way, and then all of a sudden I start looking into him, like, there are lots of ways to do this. Like, <laughs> like and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of ways. You know, the funniest part... Uh, first time we went steelhead fishing uh i think i landed eight in that trip and the first 30 minutes uh i didn't even know how to steelhead fish my buddy's like oh let's go steelhead fishing you know and I, we went salmon fishing before so i was like okay and in the first 30 minutes i landed a 12 pound hen i was like <laughs> oh i'm hooked this is easy <laughs> yeah and then i've never had a better uh day since then yeah and that was on the betsy okay we we were using uh jigs with wax worms so that was pretty good too yeah um a, a friend of my dad's um he steered me in that direction too of yeah using like this little yeah. tiny jig and put a wax worm on it and um yeah kind of like almost like a teardrop or kind of like i know they make special uh steelhead jigs too you can get you know pricey with those but like if you can get a nice jig and then put a wax worm and then split shot it up, and then you're good. Yeah. Now, when when you would yeah. do that, did you uh, have like a like a float or anything like that, or was it just yeah? A I had a float. Yeah. I always run a float. Okay. I don't um, I don't use plugs really that much. Um, yeah, I usually a raven, and then I like a a bobber that'll go through a through bobber or whatever they call them. All right. Well, heck, man, even this that helped out tremendously because I was even before. Uh, you know, basically, when I was sitting home, kind of waiting for to give you a call. I was watching yeah, a video no, on good, it sir. and watching YouTube videos. I was like, I, I got, I got to understand this a little bit better. But yeah, that helps tremendously yeah. too, man. You know, I, I honestly like that was the best I ever did, and I used a wax worm and a jig, and uh, took. I don't know if they're really those really little uh, split shots, those egg split shots, and then I put like two or three usually you want it just to weigh it just enough where and you want the um 
when it goes down, you want the uh, the jig to be in front of the bobber instead of behind it. You don't want it like coming down. Like you want the bobber to go behind the jig and let the jig float down first. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. I was watching some guys do that, and yeah, they basically said like, yeah, you, you like you want it to be like essentially. You you just don't want to drag it on bottom and having that bobber yeah. leading the way and getting pulled or pulling the rest of the bait. Yeah. 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 definitely uh fun yeah I, I feel like uh i'm a better fisherman but i love to hunt my passion is more towards hunting though yeah yeah like i would say like in my teenage years i would definitely would have agreed with that i mean i was out bass fishing probably three four days a week during the summer That's especially and uh like i mean after you know getting out of school and starting a family when i just got out of it and then it was probably only the past six or seven years i started getting back into hunting and with my kids now being a certain age they're they're big in the fishing so we did quite a bit of that this summer and that's pretty cool that you got your uh, kids into it yeah yeah i mean like like selfishly i want them to get into hunting um but <laughs> they're both like ah nah but i mean you gotta even be careful just saying something about fishing in the house because they perk right up to that <laughs> yeah take them steelhead fishing put some waders on they'll get cold and then they'll probably won't want to do that then again right yeah no it, it it would be one of those things that but like the moment you catch one they're like okay now we see <laughs> like we're doing this now we see well yeah because like even the first time out ice fishing like i got on like the little ice fishing rods and like drilling yeah. the hole we're sitting in the shanty i'm like oh, i'm gonna put a couple tip-ups out and like i was still setting up like the shanty like, like finished like with the anchors and whatnot flag goes up i'm like oh hey ladies come on out and, and decent size large mouth and you know put it back and send them back into the shanty so let them you know go back we went through rods and whatnot and like another 20 30 minutes another flag goes up nice 26 inch pike and they're like pull it out of the holder just like what like we want tip-ups we want to do this one so it's whenever exactly. whenever i catch something that's what their next goal is to try to catch just catch the same stuff i am so i'm sure that's if they, pretty cool i'm sure if they saw us like that yeah yeah and uh, yeah it's great i mean i'll take that especially you know they don't need to be hunters but if they're they love fishing <laughs> i'm on board yeah it's funny i i think uh like well since living in the city i think i'm like the only person that i know fishes and hunts as much as i do even not a lot of people uh do a lot of hunting around here or fishing okay like i don't think one of my buddies hunt but uh i mean i have co-workers that i hunted with but none none of anybody i grew up with is fished or really hunted yeah (laughs) you're you're the anomaly down there huh yeah i got pretty luckily and uh i'm hooked and i love it yep but you know you go on the water you never know what you're gonna catch you go in the woods you'll never know what you're gonna see that day yep. and i'd rather be doing that than sitting at a bar partying all night yeah yeah and it's i mean it's on too with it too especially like especially with how things are going with like the economy and supply issues mm-hmm. like just knowing that you can go out and get some food and whatnot like there's something with that yeah so satisfying yeah it teaches you a lot a lot of people don't realize that you know oh, like yeah it's more than just a kill or more than just a 
hooks that or you know whatever oh yeah it shows yeah. you uh what life is about oh yeah i mean yeah i mean it teaches you pretty much all those lessons i mean you know patience determination you know everything like that i mean tremendous life lessons yeah. when it comes to that type of stuff i mean we've been recording yeah, for an hour now and we, we were talking probably a good 20 or 30 minutes before that so well, I hopefully let you, you go, don't man. make me sound bad <laughs> no man no this is good and again like i said you have some great perspective in hell i mean i learned a ton about I'm, I'm i'm definitely going into a little bit more confidence now uh on trying to do some steelhead fishing so i mean oh yeah for sure everything sounded good hey, man you gotta take something for something right yeah no it was it was great talking to you man you know yeah and I, if you're ever uh down here and you want to go check out st Clair or you know some fishing spots just let me know oh you know what i might have to take you up on that because I mean, yeah. how many times I, are you going to get mean, a chance I, to do that? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just bought my boat last year, and, and uh, oh, I love being on it. There ain't nothing like the lake. Yeah. Well, the woods, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. But it, in the it, summer. It, yeah, but it definitely sounds like you're definitely you're definitely happy when you're on the water. So, honey's a perk, mm-hmm. but I think if you had to pick between one or the, one or the other, I think I know what you would choose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, yeah. And my, like I said, my grandpa taught me a lot. And uh, I'm just ha- happy that he did, you know. And I shot that, I mean, my first wall hanger last year, and I'm happy. And I did it the year he died. And, you know, yep. life goes on. Yeah. But yeah, man, we'll definitely have to make sure we stay in touch. And, you know, certainly let me know. All right. If you got something big going on, or I'd definitely like to be able to talk to you again sometime of you know kind of what you've learned, you know, hunting in the in those parks and whatnot. If you're starting to get it figured oh, yeah. out a little bit more and start finding some success for sure, I want to hear about that. Yeah, and like I said, I I talked to I tried talking to some people, and I've talked to a couple of hunters, and you know how it goes with state land, and uh, not that many people even know really that it exists, you know. And like I said, this is the first time you've heard it. I don't know if you looked in the book or and checked it out. It went to thirty first. Yeah, but, no. Uh, after you told told me about, it, I'm like, what? Like, I'm like, I'm not gonna question them, but I got I got to read this up. And sure enough, I pulled up the digest. I'm like, right there it is. I'm like, I'll be darned. Like, I never <laughs> I never knew there was extended season. <laughs> like, yeah. But all right, man. Well, I'll let you go for the night. Uh, again, oh, thank yeah. you for coming on the show. And again, like I said, everything sounded really good. We had a great conversation. Really, it's just going to be cleaning up some of the some of my uh, ums and uh type deals. Yeah. And, is, does that happen a lot? For for me, it does. Especially like when I'm when it's just me talking. Like it takes me yeah. twice as long to edit when it's just me. Like when uh-huh. I have conversation with people, it. I mean, the conversation flows so much better, and it it always sounds better that way. So. Yeah, well, and that uh, was the first time I talked to you, and, you know, we don't know who each other are, and, and now we do. Right. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the other great thing. Like, again, like I said, selfishly, that's one of the perks of having this show. Like, I get to talk to people, especially as, like, like, as soon as you're like, oh, yeah, I do that. I'm like, oh, I need to talk to this guy. Like, I need to learn from him. <laughs> well, again, thank you. And, yeah, we'll have to keep in touch, and, yeah, I might have to take you up. And certainly if you make your way up north, you know, give me a shout what county are you in sorry I, I mean i know you say northern michigan but i never know what county you're in sure yeah yeah we never touched touch base on that um i live in grand traverse 
Grand Traverse. Okay. Yep. I always thought you lived up by like the bridge or something. Oh yeah, no, not that, not that, not that far north. Yep. Okay. Uh, and where do you hunt out of? Just curious. Um. So I'll hunt. You said you have a farm. Yes. Yeah. So that's it's a family friend's farm. Um. That's in Manistee County, and then I grew up out in Benzie County. Um, pretty close to the Leonel County and Benzie County line, so I'll hunt out there still. Okay. And then I'm actually okay. pretty close to the Wexford County line, so I'll hunt yeah. in Wexford County as well. Yeah. I mean, I know Benzie County but and Manistee, but some yeah. of those, yeah, I don't know Wexford. Yeah, it's uh, so it's like Cal- okay. it's like uh, like Cadillac area. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, you're right by the Tippy Dam right there. Nope. Again, I'll have to talk to you soon, man. All right. Yeah. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Big thanks to Brandon for coming on to the show. It was great talking with him. Again, like I said, he gave some good perspectives on, you know, talking about uh, his mid Michigan spot. You know, that wasn't too much out of the typical hunting situations are like kind of more in the rural environment that, and then down in that, the urban setting, you know, as he said, he hunts pretty much that later season, uh, so he avoids a lot or misses out, or I guess avoids a lot of the the more busy time frame where I'm sure where that hunting pressure is much higher during the the prime part of the season. So that is an interesting uh, way that he approaches it, taking advantage of that late season and and you know taking advantage of that opportunity to get out a few more times and have some additional time to try to fill the freezer up. And then, like I said during that intro very knowledgeable in the ways of fishing you know help me out with some tactics and tips and you know things to think about uh, for the spring fishing that i'm going to be trying to do so again that's a wrap and as always get out there be safe and have fun